Hey folks, this is Dylan and I want to welcome you to the Eat Wild Podcast. This podcast is about learning to hunt, it's about conservation and mentorship and adventures and over the course of uh, the next little while here I hope to bring forward a bunch of interesting guests and tell some stories and hopefully take you on a few adventures, so check it out. Junction um, store in Vancouver. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, he's taking a break from his uh, venture of um, how to how to farm chickens and how to keep bees and doing all these neat uh, homesteader things um, with his business to go on a adventure in the Northern Rockies with uh, with me. And um, yeah, he's been uh, he's a skilled mountain man and uh, relatively new hunter. But certainly keen and willing to uh, hike around the Northern Rockies for a bunch of weeks here, or a bunch of days anyway. So in this episode, uh, we're three days into our sheep hunt, and uh, we're having a bit of a tough go spotting sheep so far. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, habitat and uh, uh, critters and why they are where they are and why they're not there when they're not there. And um, hopefully you'll learn a thing or two and enjoy um, coming on a little adventure with us here. Okay, let's dive into, a. I guess it's our, our third day of our, no, yeah, evening of our third day of elk hunt. This is the Heat Wild podcast, and Rick and I are three days into our sheep hunt, and we are currently camped in the bottom of a river valley, and uh, how's it going, Rick? Uh, well, it's a great trip so far um, in every respect other than the complete absence of sheep. Yes, we have not seen a sheep as of yet. We've seen uh, we've seen elk. We've seen lots of elk. Several goats. Several goats. We saw two moose this evening as we were eating dinner. Marmots. Marmots everywhere. Some sort of upland game bird. Ptarmigan, I believe. Um, but no humans and no sheep. Lots of tracks, too. Lots of tracks, but I think there was one sheep track on the trail on our way up here. So it does pose the question as to why have we not seen sheep? And I thought this might be kind of a good theme for this podcast because it translates well to, I think, everybody, anybody who hunts often experiences a trip where there is an absence of the target species that you're looking for. And uh, we're very much experiencing that. And we're trying to figure out, first of all, why we're not finding sheep here. And I guess the next challenge is figuring out what do we do next and and, uh, how do we move on from the absence of sheep to get inspired tomorrow morning and get up and look for sheep again. So... So... Uh, maybe starting at the beginning, th- this is not the area that we originally uh, 
thought to come to. And I, I say we, but of course I've, um, you know, left basically all of the planning to you. But uh, but you were, you were thwarted in the, the first um, area that you thought that we'd be able to fly into. And, and then it was a series of events that led us to fly in where we ultimately flew in. And it, 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 is that the root of our problems? Well, so I managed to... I mean, trying to get, trying to do research for sheep hunting in particularly is very difficult because I, the information is quite closely guarded. Uh, sheep kind of like there's sort of sheep mountains in wilderness. So like like the, there'll be one sort of hill where the sheep tend to hang out. Every once in a while, they'll wander off that hill and go to the adjacent hills. But generally speaking, if if you know a good sheep mountain uh, and there's most likely going to be sheep there. So you could kind of get to that sheep mountain and just watch it for days until the sheep show up and you'll have a, you know, you'll have an exciting hunt. Um, but knowing where those sheep mountains are is a challenge and people aren't necessarily going to volunteer that information because of the nature of there's a limited amount of sheep hunts and there's, people don't want to necessarily give away their spots and have added hunting pressure on those limited spots. So by and large, sheep, 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 sheep spots generally remain secretive. So it requires a lifetime of research and gleaning information off people who are maybe willing to share it or drop a hint once in a while. Or if you could piece together all the stories that they've told you over the years, you might be able to triangulate a spot that they may be referring to. So what got us on this original hunt was I have a, f- a friend of mine who, is a, who, is a, who, is a sh- who has been a, a lifetime sheep hunter and, and guided considerably around B.C. and the Northwest Territories. And he was, I've was been basically trying to get sheep information out of him for 12 years. And he was kind enough to put me on to uh, a hunt that, he figured would be a good one because the the outfitter who was originally hunting it had um, it had changed ownership, so it may not be getting hunted as much now. But it could be a good spot. So we had uh, done a bunch of research on this spot, and I and I'd found a pilot who would fly us into this spot, and uh, everything was going according to plan. And then a couple of weeks out from the trip, uh, the pilot let me know that he could no longer fly us into that spot because he had had a deal with the the new outfitter and and uh he couldn't and they were he was going to have uh, the outfitter was going to have hunters in that area so he couldn't fly us into that spot without jeopardizing his relationship and and in all fairness it you know it it put us in it didn't put us in a position where we were getting flown on flown into a you know somebody else was already there kind of deal so so we were back to square one with two weeks out, and that basically meant that we were looking for a new spot. And uh, I guess the pilot offered up a few other options, one being the spot that we're in now. And um, in retrospect, I might have taken a little bit, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if he was trying to sell us on it to get it, to sell us on a flight or if he was genuinely trying to put us on a, on a spot. But uh, as it turns out, there's no sheep in this particular valley that we've been hunting for three days. So we're moving down valley for 
think we're going to go, yeah. Seven kilometers uh, tomorrow morning? Tomorrow morning, seven kilometers to the base of another valley. Right. And then dozens of kilometers up that valley. Probably not all tomorrow. Probably not all tomorrow. But, yeah, we've got a a secondary plan based on some research that we did on the satellite phone. or while well, we were a little bit uh, discouraged yesterday, and we've got a, we've got a new idea that we're going to try out, but it's going to take us two days to get there. So, so that's where we that's how we kind of got here. And uh, now, having said that, I mean, I did a ton of research uh, on this spot, and generally speaking, the consensus from the biologists and sheep hunters of the area said, "Yeah, that should be a good spot." There's there's probably going to be some sheep there uh, but they're going to be low density like as in there's not going to be lots of sheep here but there'll be some sheep here and there's not going to be a lot of hunting pressure which which can be which is something I find desirable so I would take less sheep and less hunters for a more desirable hunt as far as I'm concerned I just didn't know it would be no sheep so looking at the terrain that we've been looking at I mean I don't know anything, but to me it looks like a place that a sheep might like to live. We've got patches of grass and kind of craggy slopes. Like, do you, do you, is your read that we're in the wrong kind of habitat? No, I think that's, I mean, that's kind of what we were able to research ahead of time and, and, and doing the overview with Google Earth and having a look at the, the terrain and countryside. And it looks very much like the country that where I found sheep in the past and there seems to be actually quite a lot of that type of country which is like tons of grass up high lots of escape terrain I mean there's there's just endless habitat here so it's, it does pose the question as to why are there no sheep here one thing that we have consistently found in those nice areas that would seem to be appealing to a sheep are in virtually every case plentiful elk. Uh, I, I mean, did, is it like could it be a situation where the elk are moving in and the sheep uh, yeah. are feeling crowded? Yeah, we sort of we've been chatting about this a little bit as to what that means. So what I know about elk is they I mean they they do dominate the the best habitat. So in, in cases. Um, in cases on the on the coast of BC, where where we're seeing a growing elk population, we're also seeing a decline in the blacktail population. And and and, and the biologists are looking at this, and and I don't think there's any conclusions yet. But you know, one, one theory is that because they they dominate the best habitat, that they that they push out the blacktail into marginal habitat. And the other thing that, that elk will do is that they, they provide a, a, a sustained a sustainable food source for a wolf population. So on the Sunshine Coast, we're seeing lots of elk, less black-tailed deer, and lots of wolves. And I suspect that the wolves are having an impact on the black-tailed deer, which are already pushed a little bit into those into that marginal habitat. I'm not sure if that's the same case here because it doesn't seem like there's any lack of good habitat. But we did see some uh, wolf tracks. Yes, we have seen wolf tracks. 
which we haven't seen lots of wolf tracks. Though. Like, I, I think we've seen a couple of wolves walking down the odd horse trail that we've been on. I haven't seen, like, signs of packs of wolves. Uh, so, but, I mean, that that could be, I mean, with, with so many elk in this valley, I mean, that could be that there's probably a resident wolf pack that's hanging out here, and that just might not be on for the sheep, and they might just not want to hang out if there's a wolf pack down the bottom of the valley all the time. So... What about uh, the the other animal we've seen uh, in, well, may, I guess modest numbers are uh, goats. Um, I, I, I again, did, like they they're up high, also where we're kind of glassing for sheep. Um, does that tell us anything about why we're not finding sheep? Do sheep hate goats? I, mean, don't I don't know. get along there from like the other side of the tracks, like yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> No, I, I you know like when I've hunted, you know, usually I'll find goats in areas that are just a little bit too gnarly for sheep, but they're like on the same side of the valley or like opposite sides of the valley kind of thing, or or even on like you know the goats are at the top of the mountain, the sheep are just below that, and then the elk are at the bottom of the valley is my is my usual experience. So the total absence of of sheep just doesn't kind of make sense to me because. I'll often see elk on the bottom of the valley and then sheep near the top and then goats wherever it's pretty inaccessible to any anybody except a goat. So that does sort of, I find it kind of interesting why we're not, uh, why there's an absence of sheep. Uh, we, we, we've also been seeing a number of trails uh both crisscrossing the grassy slopes and also higher up in the scree, um, which, which on a number of occasions, you know, we've we've looked at and, you, and, and you've said, I think that's a sheep trail. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, now that it's been three days, I mean, what's your read on that? Do you, do you think that maybe they were made by sheep or, or were they made by other critters? Or I mean, how do you even tell by looking at a trail what it was made by? Well, typically, if you see, in, in my experience, if you see crisscrossing trails across scree slope that go from grassy patch to grassy patch high on the on on a on a on a mountain, that's that's usually sheep. That they, they like to they they feel really comfortable on that on that steep scree slope, and they'll go <clears throat> from their little little precipice or wherever they hang out, a little little, little cliff band where they like to bed down. And they'll cross the scree slope down to the nearest patch of grass, and that's where they'll feel comfortable feeding, or back or down in the meadow, down you know a little bit down the mountain, and that's super common. So, a couple times I got kind of excited. I'm like, oh, there's 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 sheep trails in the scree slope. Finally, we found some sheep trails. It's kind of the first thing I look for when I look at a mountain. I, 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 I look at at the top of the mountain and look for those 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 sheep trails that connect escape terrain down to that prime sheep forage and those grassy patches and that to me is a key indicator now for the first day or two I don't think we saw any trails in the scree slope which was an indicator that there's no sheep here and then we did start finding a few sheep or a few trails in the scree slope but we also found elk using that same habitat at the same elevation so presumably it could be just the elk crossing back and forth across the scree slope to get from one pasture to another um but today when we came up over the hill 
into this other valley here, this valley that parallels the valley we were has been in the last couple of days, there there does seem to be distinct what I th- assuming are sheep trails in some of the mountains up here. Not lots, but enough to get me up at four o'clock in the morning and starting down the valley to have a closer look at them. So it seems to be, you know, heading in the right direction. One of the other things that really might affect the uh, the sheep population here is the uh, winter range for these sheep is a long way away from this valley. My understanding is that some sheep may just live in the same on the same hill that they're living on if the winters aren't too severe. And if the winters are severe, then they migrate down to winter ranges. And in this case, since we're right up against the Rocky Mountains, I'm guessing that the winters are highly severe here. And as a result, they would likely need to migrate out of here. And maybe we are just beyond the threshold of what they can migrate um, safely or consistently over the years to build up a a larger population here. Uh, My understanding from mule deer migrations is mule deer will 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 build their populations in remote or or, or more um, remote habitat away from winter ranges Uh, and their populations will do well provided that the winters aren't too bad or aren't too severe Uh, but every once in a while a severe winter will come along and it'll they won't be able to migrate to their winter ranges in time and they'll basically get wiped out by a deep snowpack or a heavy snow crust that prevents them from being able to um, uh, walk from their summer ranges to their winter ranges. So my guess is that maybe here, because of the longer distance to the to the foothills of the Rockies and because we're right up in the mountains, that maybe that a, a sheep just can't make a go of it here despite the abundance of habitat that's available for them here. We also had a particularly severe winter this past year. Yes, we had a particularly severe winter this past year, which may have had an effect on them. Um, On the other hand, we've noticed lots of, like, uh, moose and elk that are seen to be doing just fine here. I would say the elk population is exploding. Uh, But... uh, my guess is uh, that they have much longer legs and they can handle a deeper snowpack and can survive a longer walk out to out to their winter ranges. So maybe just another factor in why we're not quite in the spot yet. So all the more reason for us to head east towards the foothills tomorrow. So we, we spent, uh, gosh, I don't know, today two, three hours in aggregate? Uh, looking at some slopes that had, you know, what kind of looked like sheep trails. Um, how, how do you, so, so we're, we're looking at an area that looks like maybe it's got sheep in it. Um, how do you decide how long to yeah, sit how there? How long do you sit there until you decide that you don't have to sit there any longer? Are you yeah, just like, hey, there's no sheep here? Yeah, and say, let's go somewhere different. Yeah, okay, so... I mean that's that's I think that that translates to all hunting. Is at what, what point do you decide that that you can write an area off and say, oh no, there's no game here. So when we looked at that that slope, like we came up over that big, we 
we had hiked out to this to a big hang at the edge of a hanging valley, and we were looking into this this new valley we hadn't hunted yet, and we saw what looked like pretty good habitat. Our original plan was to actually run down the valley and, and try to make we we got to go nine k down this valley to another drainage that we want to try and go up tomorrow. So we were going to try and make that nine k today, but when we came up over the hill and and, and looked at at this new piece of terrain we hadn't seen, there was what looked like more amazing sheep habitat with lots of trails in it. So we said, well, we should sit up on the hillside before we drop into the valley and have a long look at things. So we laid around up there with our spotting scopes for three hours and hope looked around to see if we could spot something bedded down or hope that something would get up and go for a, for a feed or whatever. And nothing moved for three, three, three or so hours. So the question is, how long... You know, is that long enough to wait and to actually write a hill off as whether or not there's sheep or not, sheep, or or more, or to translate this to deer hunting? Like, how long do you look at a, at a deer hill before you move on from it? And, I mean, I think the part that we maybe, you know, we were looking at that hill from 11 until 2 o'clock or something like that, right? So right in the, the heat of the day, I mean, nothing's moving, right? So if you really want to figure out if there's a, you know, if it's a productive spot, you got to look at it in the morning, and, and that's what we're going to do tomorrow morning. We'll have a good look at it before we move on and see if anything's moving first thing in the morning or last thing in the evening. So we, we did look it over this evening and at a bunch of other hills, and there doesn't seem to be sign of sheep wandering around. So I, I'm starting to feel like if we have a good look in the morning before we bugger off down the valley, I'm thinking we've looked at the terrain during the peak activity periods of the morning and the evening, and I think that's your best indicator of whether or not there's animals, whether deer or 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 sheep, uh, on an an, on on a hill that, yeah, have a look while they're actually up and around and and yeah. And so, so if we don't see anything in the morning, we're we're feeling reasonably content that the right thing to do is move on. And and, and then are we just kind of playing the odds? We're we're just going to get into a different valley and similar conditions. We'll uh, roll the dice again, hope for sheep. Yeah, well, so my general philosophy around hunting is to get into good habitat and then wander around in habitat until you blunder into a deer or a sheep in this case. And I, you know, and the better, if you get better and better at identifying good habitat and you, and you come up with a system for wandering around that's effective, then you'll be successful. So when I'm in deer hunting... I basically just, I pick, like, deer habitat. I like, you know, fir forests and grasslands. And if I basically wander a side hill along for the day and what I think is good deer habitat, eventually I'll I'll bump into a deer and surprise it enough that I have a chance to have a look at it and maybe get a shot at it. And that's generally my program for hunting deer. I get better better at it by knowing every hill that I wander along is a, you know, has more deer on it or is a good deer spot, right? I, I spend less time walking around on, on, on hills that don't have deer on it. And I've written off those hills. I don't, those hills, I don't necessarily go back to those hills. So I pretty much spend most of my time hunting in good deer spots and, and I'm become, I've become more successful in my old age. Um, so similarly, like I, I'm not really an experienced sheep hunter. Like I've sheep hunted, on and off for the past 10 years but I've never gone back to the same place twice because I kind of like the adventure of exploring a new place so it kind of 
So I know there's some spots that I could go to where there's going to be sheep on a mountain. But that kind of defeats the excitement of sheeping. But I imagine that would definitely improve our success if we actually knew where the sheep mountain was and then we could go straight to it. So we, we just got to keep wandering around in good sheep habitat until we blunder into a sheep mountain. And then we'll know that's a sheep mountain for next time. Same time next year, huh? Same time next year, 20 kilometers hiking from the airstrip. Yeah. Yeah. So how many, how many sheep are we allowed to shoot now? One apiece. Okay. Oh, you mean allowed allowed by our uh, <laughs> license tags or allowed by our willingness to drag them back to the airstrip? Yeah, so, yes. Uh, well. I, 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 I'm trying I, to get you to say one or none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, I just think that the absence of sheep is maybe enough of a limitation that we don't need to go imposing other ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one of the implications of, of not sort of finding sheep in the initial valley that we'd hoped to find sheep that was within a, you know, a day's walk of the airstrip. Um, we're, now, we're now officially two days walk from the airstrip and we'll be at least three days walk by the time we get to this next valley. So... And how much... How much does a uh, boned-out sheep worth of meat weigh? I think it's 60 pounds of meat plus head and tape. So it's the, the total, it'll be 100 pounds of weight, maybe a little bit less, actually, 80 to 100 pounds of weight that we have to add on to our already somewhat heavy packs. So just imagine climbing up that hill that we just came down with an 80-pound pack, 100-pound pack. Yeah, maybe we could split a sheep. <laughs> yeah, I think we could definitely split a sheep. And if we don't kill a sheep, we could we we could feel really we'll feel really light and spry as we climb up that hill. Yeah. So, what do you think of your first uh, foray into sheep hunting? Uh, well, I thought there'd be more. Sh- I thought there'd be more sheep. Um, but otherwise, it's otherwise it's uh, great. I've been. Uh, Enjoying watching all the non-sheep animals, and uh, taking lots of pictures. I taking think. lots of pictures, yeah. Taking, uh, I took some good video of Dylan in his underpants crossing a river today. I didn't fall in. You d- did not fall in to my mild disappointment. Yeah, no, we had yeah, a couple of pretty major creek crossings today, which. Basically requires you to take your boots and pants off and put your Crocs on and. Yeah, shuttle across the creek. It was cold, but it felt good. It felt good to feet. Yeah. It, it's mostly for me, it's good to be back in the backcountry. I used to uh, try to spend a, a fair bit of time on wilderness trips, but last uh, five, six years, I haven't really. So I, I feel like I'm kind of getting back in the saddle in a certain way. Yeah, um, I, I really appreciate I mean, it's really apparent how confident you are with wandering around out here and, and generally having your shit together it's, it's kind of a, it, I'm quite enjoying not or being able to rely on you for input on route finding and and assessing you know what we should take on in a, in a day or you know how much how much we can exert ourselves and sort of staying safe but still having enough of it 
an adventurous spirit to go for it. So it's been it's been a good match so far. Yeah, my, my goal is just not to be a drain on the trip. <laughs> and I, I, I've been appreciating, uh, you know, the opportunity to be on a hunting trip with someone that knows how to hunt. Whether or not we, I mean, it's a little embarrassing given that my access in, through my career to like you know basically, you know, biologists and park managers and all kinds of people that you think I would have done a better job of picking a spot on the map, but well, I, I was there too when those people said, "Yeah, there's going to be sheep there." Yeah, well. I did, yeah, and we had the, we did have the park ranger on the speakerphone on the on the drive up here that manages the park that said, yeah, this is the spot to go, and the pilot thought it was a good spot. Well, actually, the pilot kind of tipped us off when he said, "Hey, I can't, I, I got to pick your brain after to see how the how that spot was for hunting." <laughs> yeah, so we're scouting this uh, valley system for the pilot's goat hunt that's coming up in a few weeks. So that's sort of a classic move. I remember as a kid, I used to, I used to hunt with my uncle, like my uncle Gary, and he was sort of like kind of a, he, he was sort of known for, you know, he'd say, oh, I'll take you hunting, Dylan. And I said, okay, great. Thanks, Uncle Gary. Where are we going? He says, well, you're going to go over there. I want you to go hunt that ridge over there and, and then come back down and then loop back down the, down the truck over this way. So I go, sure thing. And I go up to the top of the mountain and then I'd hunt the ridge and then I'd, be halfway down the ridge, I'd be just like caught in the worst patch of blowdown ever. And then I get to the bottom of the ridge, I go through this awful swamp, and I wouldn't cut a deer track all day. And I'd eventually get back to the truck, and and Gary would say, "How was the hunt?" And I said, "Oh, it was terrible. It was blowdown and swamp and deerless." He's like, "Oh, I always wondered what that was going to be like. Huh? <laughs> good to know." So it's a good, it's an old trick. It's, a, it's an old wily hunter trick. Just you know, send your hunting partner, you know, explore an area for you, and you get a good report. So all right, so something for me to watch for. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, you, you know, with the benefit of hindsight too, I'm thinking about some of the things that uh, that people were were telling us right before we, uh, you know, flew out. And the uh, I think the what did the biologist say? I think he said that there were uh, not huge but consistent numbers of sheep. It was something like that. It was very consistent. <laughs> yeah, it's he he absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, told something that was literally true, but still perhaps misleading. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll get, I, I feeling like I'm looking down the valley and I can see sheep trails on just about every hill in the direction we're going. So maybe, maybe we're getting warmer as we go down. So it does feel like we're getting warmer. At least we've seen trails. Yeah. And I have, I've heard a number of guys say, you know, about sheep hunting that you don't, you know, you don't start seeing sheep until you're two days walk from, the lake where you get dropped off or the trailhead that you start at because sheep just don't like pressure. And the valley that we were in, I'm pretty sure that may be another factor. Is to, you know, one of the reasons why we're not seeing sheep there is that um, there is a guide out for the camp at the airstrip where we flew in, which is about five kilometers from the start of the valley that we've been hunting for the last couple of days. And that valley is full of elk. So I'm pretty sure that outfitter camp is active during um, elk and moose season. And that just might be enough pressure to push the sheep back maybe uh, and push them out or, or, you know, the odd sheep that wanders through the area while there's guide outfitters active there, maybe it has a, that has an impact on the population. But um, but who knows? I know that sheep are affected by, by uh, any amount of hunting pressure, so that could be a factor. 
So maybe we're, now we're officially two days walk-in. We'll be three days walk-in by tomorrow morning. So we'll be seeing sheep everywhere. I can't wait. All right. Well, maybe we'll sign off for the night because it's way past our bedtime. Yeah, it's 9.35. 9.35, we got to be up in like... A few seven, hours. Seven hours. <laughs> All right. All right, good night, folks. See ya.